God has given you. You know, you, you, there's, a, there's a sense of responsibility that you have. To look out for those people. You know, when the Bible says that your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. Do you know when you look at that word gift, you know what that word gift is? Offering. Your offering will make room for you. And you know what the rest of that means? And bring you before great men means this. And will give you favor with, with men of influence. With people of influence. With kings. Amen. Glory to God. Now see, you can either use that influence for bad or you can use it for good. Praise God. Amen. Well, that's not right. See, that's how, see, that's how, that's how people that are, um, what, is, what was Michael afraid of? She said, she, stingy. That's the concern of stingy people. It's only stingy people that say, well, see there, he only cares about people that give big money. Now, see, anyone who's not stingy says, I want to be ranked up. But you know what? I want to be one of them. You know what? I don't know about y'all, but I want to be on the list of, that someone calls when they need $65 million. I want to be one of the people that they think about, that they say, I need $65 million. You know what? I'm going to call up Pastor Zig, see if I can come over there to Winner's Church, present the need to the people, see what happens. Glory to God. Wouldn't that be awesome we knock out a $65 million need? We're believing God for two and a half million. But see, that's why, that's why I want to, I don't want to get my faith out there so we can go around here, have, have big old fat, you know, bunch of money in the bank. I want us to build the kingdom. Glory to God. Amen. Thank God. All right. Praise the Lord. But until then, we'll keep doing whatever we can do. In fact, we'll try to do more than we think we can do, which is what we regularly do. You know, we're doing way more than what we ought to be doing. Not in the natural. Not, not according to scripture, but in the natural. We're doing way more than our money really should let us. But we don't, we don't ask our money. You know, when I go to do stuff, Mrs. C, I never go to, the, I never go to my account and say, hmm, I wonder what we can do. I don't ask my money what I can do. I ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want us to do? And then I'm obedient to the Lord. And then I don't pay attention when the money starts crying. Ah! Does that make sense? I don't ask my money, what, what can I drive, money? I don't ask my money what I can drive. I don't ask my money where I can live. You know what? If we'd have consulted our money before we came here, we wouldn't be here. Because our money would have said, no. <laughs> but guess what? Because we did the will of the Lord. We did what the Lord told us to do. Do you know that, do you know that our bank account, have I, I think I've told you, do you know our bank account, even though we're paying more than double what we paid in in rent over at the other building, we're paying more than double, and now we're having to pay, having to pay, I say, uh, we're paying utilities, and we're paying all these, we're paying all these other things. Do you know, it's more than doubled, way more than doubled with the, the expense here. Do you know that our bank account hadn't shrunk, but it grew? <laughs> you know what? Look around. The congregation didn't grow a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, it depends on what people are here and not here. But you, you understand what I'm saying? Glory to God. Anyway, I need to hurry. Thank you, Ted. Praise the Lord. That's it. We're here till three. Ted said it's all right. <laughs> Second Timothy, go there. We're going to read a couple verses of scripture. 
So, yeah, let, you know what? We ought to lift our hands and thank God for supernatural provision. Lift your hands and thank Him for supernatural provision. Listen, if any, of it can, if any of it can rub off of us onto you, in the name of Jesus, let it rub off on you. Glory to God. Let it rub off on them, God, in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm with you, Brandon. Yes. See, someone needs to shout. Someone needs to shout. Hallelujah. I'm going to run with you, Brandon. Nobody else will. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Woo. Glory to God. <laughs> yes, Jesus. Y'all acting Pentecostal. <laughs> Amen. Nikki bringing up the. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> You'd have run, wouldn't you, Ted, if your britches would. Oh, you did? Well, praise God. Listen, the Lord really doing miracles with Ted. I missed you. He was right behind me. My God, he caught up with me. I need to, I need to get in shape. <laughs> All right. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, 2 second, second Timothy chapter 4. Um, this, is, this has been our, this has been our uh, golden text. <laughs> this is what we've been talking about here. And today I'm going to talk to you about discerning the times, discernment, and allowing the Lord. Now, we, there's a gift of the discerning of spirits, and that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about discerning the times. Isaiah, the book of Isaiah tells us this, uh, and we know this scripture. That's why I didn't, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, taking you to it. It says, behold, I do a new thing. This is what the Lord said. Behold, I do a new thing. Will you not know it? Will you not know it? In fact, will you run to that scripture, Marissa? Will you find it and put it up, that, that particular verse? <clears throat> behold, I do a new thing. Will you not know it? You know, we're living in a time when people don't know the difference between what is God and what is not God. We're living in a time when people are hearing things and they don't know whether what they're hearing is God or it's not. In fact, you know, some people, uh, what happens with a lot of people, especially in this generation, is if they don't know whether it's God or not God, instead of them doing one or the other, they just decide they're going to do nothing. And it sidelines them and puts them in limbo because they refuse. There it is. He says, uh, Isaiah 43. I was off by a chapter. Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Listen, when God starts doing a new thing, he don't wait on you to recognize it. If that's important for you to know. When God starts doing a new thing, whether you recognize it or not, it's going to come forth. You know what God did over there in uh, Kentucky? At Asbury, at the, uh, at the Methodist Theological Seminary. You know, that broke out. God didn't ask permission of the Pentecostals. 
He just went and he moved amongst those Methodists and began to do things with those Methodists that most of us Pentecostals only wish that God would do with us. In fact, there are so many Pentecostals that wanted what God was doing over there in Asbury that they took a journey, went over there to Asbury, sat in meetings. Of course, they, they sat there and they were relegated to the pew to sit and to worship and to, and, uh, and to be observers, to be in the presence of God, but they couldn't... You know, <laughs> the, Spirit-filled, tongue-talking Pentecostal people were not allowed to participate uh, in, a, in a leadership role in that revival that happened in Asbury. You know, you know, the only ones that they really allowed to get up there and to give any kind of, any kind of direction, any kind of leadership over that were students and, and some of the faculty. So now I'm not saying they did it right, but you, you have to understand something. Because sometimes spirit-filled people, tongue-talking people, get this idea that whatever God does, he's going to include them in. Listen, he will include you if you will follow him. If you will see that he's doing a new thing and recognize it, you can be a part of it. But you know what? If you don't know it, if you don't recognize it, because look what it says. Behold, I do a new thing. Now shall it spring forth. Shall ye not know it? It's going to happen whether you're ready or not. You remember, remember in the, back in the day, we would do hide and seek, and we'd count to whatever it was, 60 or 100 or whatever. And then at the end, we'd say, ready or not, here I come. You know what? That's what God is saying to us right now. He's saying, ready or not, ready or not. Boy, there's a lot of people weren't ready for what's happening in Israel right now. You got people in a panic over what's happening in Israel. I have people calling me saying, Pastor Zig, what do you think about what's happening in Israel? I'm like, ready or not. <laughs> ready or not. See, these events aren't waiting on us to be prepared for them. We have this idea that somehow or another, if we're not ready, it's not going to happen. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, whether you're ready for it or not, it's, it, in fact, it's not coming. It is here. It's not going to happen. It's happening right now. Why, listen, why do you think the enemy trying to stir things up in your personal life? Why do you think the enemy's trying to get your eyes off of the things of the spirit and get your eyes on the things of the flesh? Because he doesn't want you discerning the time and recognizing what it is that God is saying and the things that God's getting ready to do. Oh, man, I'm preaching already. I haven't even got to my... Amen. So shall you not know it? Uh, in other words... If you, if you translate, you could translate that this way. Will you not discern it? That's what we're talking about today. Discerning what God is doing, discerning the season that we're in, discerning what be the voice of God, what not be the voice of God, discerning what be the move of God and what not be the move of God, discerning what God is, what God is, where God is moving, but maybe God is not speaking in, in, you know, because there's, there's some people that in, in history, I don't know if you realize this or not, but there's some people in history that God used them powerfully. But you couldn't rely upon those people to be the voice of God. You could rely on them to be the hand of God, but you couldn't rely on them to be the voice of God because their, their doctrine was jacked up. In fact, Brother Hagin, he said this. He said this about, uh, I believe it was Alexander Dowie. He said this. He said, you could follow his faith, but you couldn't follow his doctrine. That's right. 
And Brother Hagen used to encourage his students uh, at Ramah. He would tell them this. He'd say, there's lots of people that are anointed. And he said, in some people, you can, you can receive from their anointing, but you can't really receive from their doctrine because doctrinally they're off. And if you follow them too closely, doctrinally, you'll end up in the same ditch they're in. And I'm, I'm going to show you that. I'm going to show you some things in Scripture. See, some of you looking at me like, well, now you're meddling. Now, you know, we need to be, we need to be open to everybody. No, you don't. Listen, that, that's, that's something that came along. That's, that's, I don't know how that environment was created in the church and where that came from, that we ought to give everyone the benefit of the doubt and that we ought to receive from anybody that comes down the pike and, and whatnot. But, you know, some of you, you've betrayed your own heart to listen to things and to hear things and to participate in things that you knew good and well that the Spirit of God was, was, uh, he was, he was warning. You know, sometimes uh, uh, in my spirit, it's like the lost in spirit robot danger danger there have been times i've sat around i'll give you an example of this one time i went to uh oh i'm gonna say i went to stratford oklahoma to a meeting I had just got done with a revival, a long revival, and I went to Stratford, Oklahoma because there was a man there that they said was preaching, and they were in their second or third week of revival in Stratford. I was like, I need a meeting like that. I've just been in seven, I was in seven months worth of meetings at the same church. We just got out of a seven-month-long meeting, and I thought, I want to go in and sit in a revival service. They're at it three weeks. I want to go. And so me and a, uh, Pastor Mikey and a couple other preachers, we went to this service. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, there's no one more open. You, you all know it. You all have seen me. There is no one more open than I am. I am open to God's spirit. Listen, God can talk to me. God has spoken to me through donkeys. I've, I've heard him speak through donkeys to me. You understand what I'm saying? God, there, amen. <laughs> I've had prophets came up to me, boogers hanging out their nose, prophesying, and it was the word of the Lord. Didn't matter that I wanted to wipe their nose. <laughs> that make me feel like I got something in my mouth. But anyway. <laughs> I'm open. But I went there so hungry and so open for God to do something for me. But I sat in there, and as I sat in there, in my spirit, in my inner man, there was something on the inside of me that was like that lost in space robot. Danger! Danger! And I thought, this is unusual. Because I'm listening to him, and you know, he's, he's an older gentleman, he was an older gentleman, and he, was, he wasn't really preaching as much as he was just telling stories, but the stories he was telling were great stories, stories of how he had preached to multitudes of people in Africa, and so he's, he's talking like this, and I'm just, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm just like, Lord, I'm, I'm pulling, I'm making a draw, and he's, he's talking, he's up there just talking, and he's telling these stories, and every now and then he'll throw in a scripture or something, I'm not sure, not quite sure how to put it together with what his stories are telling, but all of a sudden, out of my spirit, I hear this. He's not an honest man. That's what I heard the Holy Ghost say. Now, you know what? I didn't want to hear. I didn't go there to hear that the preacher was dishonest. I went there to get a word from God. And that was the word I got. He's not honest. I was like, Lord, why are you telling me this? This don't have nothing to do. That's between you and him. This ain't got nothing to do with me. I knew the Lord told me, but he didn't tell me so I would go tell. It wasn't like I was going to get up and say, brother, the Lord just spoke to me, disrupt the meeting. 
Lord said, you're dishonest and I'm getting out of here. No, listen, there's a lot of dishonest people behind pulpits and in churches. And the anointing, you know what? They're anointed. God has called them. They are gifted. We think the anointing has to do with whether we're good or not. The anointing has nothing to do with whether you're good or not. If God can anoint a donkey to prophesy to a prophet, believe me, you can be dishonest and God anoint you. And speak through you and you be dishonest. Man, I've been into all kind of mischief before and God used me. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. See, that's what religion is. Religion says, well, God will use you if you'll straighten out your life. No, listen, God will use you whether your life is straight or not. Did did you all read that scripture in Isaiah with me? The move of God's going to spring forth. Now, do we want to be, do, now I'm going I'm to prove this, because some of you are like, ah, that ain't right. I'm going to show you, but the, the Bible says it. And some of you read it, but you never, you never, you never take it into account. You, and I think this might be a part of the reason why that we don't discern the truth. Because we, you're hearing me preach right now, you're hearing me say that, and some of you are like, mm, I don't receive that. Here's the thing, it don't matter whether you receive it or not, it's true. I'm, I'm going I'm to show you what it says. But this man, the Lord said, he's not honest. I was like, I want to hear that, Lord. I just want to get something. I, I, to, I told the guy next to me, I was like, man, Lord, Lord tell me this guy's not honest. And they're like, don't be judgmental. See, that's what we start saying. The minute, the minute we start having a little bit of a you know, a, a check in our spirit or something that alerts us in our inner man. We've, we've, what, we've, what we've learned how to do is we've learned how to turn off the Holy Ghost and then do what we think is right instead of what he's telling us. We, we got to start doing what God tells us and not what's acceptable to the masses, because you know what? Nowadays, you can't tell nobody. Listen, you got people on Christian television, homosexual, living an openly homosexual lifestyle, and you know what? Some of y'all have sent offerings to them. You lift up your hands when they're singing. You're like, whoo, shit. You know, they're because you know why? They're anointed. They're gifted. But they're caught up in things they shouldn't be caught up in. And some of you've been alerted in your spirit. In fact, I, I heard a story about Shambach from Nancy Harmon. They took Shambach off of TBN years ago. They took his program off the air. And I asked her, I said, why? He said, well, she said, well, he was just, he, he, was, he was tired of doing these praises. He was tired of raising money and being on the platform, raising money on television with people that he knew were living in adultery that were fornicating, that were living openly, lifestyles openly that were, uh, according to Scripture, that were not pleasing to the Lord. And he just refused to do it. In fact, you know, we found out later that Paul and Jan Crouch, they, they they didn't live with each other for nearly 17 years while they were on TBN. But they they came on television, they sat on that platform together, and they were, hey, praise the Lord. And everybody was like, oh, I just love Paul and Jan. They didn't love each other.
Now I'm not being ugly. See, 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 right now, you know what's happening right now? He shouldn't say that. He's being so judgmental. I'm not judging nobody. I'm not judging nobody. That's the, it's the truth. I mean, I know, I know the Bible says, you know, the truth, the truth will make you free. Truth might make you uncomfortable too. Might make you mad. Now, were they, were Paul and Jan Christians? Yeah. Struggling Christians. They were going through, the, they were going through those people that living open, openly homosexual lifestyles, fornicating, adultery. Were they Christians? Yeah, they're Christians struggling, struggling with the flesh. You know what? You don't dare go into that circle of people and start talking about, hey, you need to change or start telling me, you know, you know, I've been kicked off TBN more than once. This is probably why right here. They threw Shambach. Now, see, they can throw me off and it not affect them. They threw Shambach off and their giving dropped by like 25%. <laughs> so they called him back and said, you don't have to do praise thons no more. Just come back. And he went back. They put his name. He never had to raise money for him ever again. He never had to share the platform with nobody that he, that he was uncomfortable with ever again. You know, you, someone has to take a stand. Someone has to stand for righteousness. Someone has to stand for what the... Word of God says, amen. You'll pray. Listen, I praise God for people that can run down a line, slap people on the head and people fall out on the floor, drunk in the Holy Ghost or healed or whatever. But you know what? We need some people that'll stand for the word of God, that'll stand for righteousness, that will believe the Bible. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I went to that meeting, and right away, there were people that were uncomfortable with the fact that I said, you know, Holy Spirit told me, he's that. Now I wasn't, it, it wasn't to make them think poorly of this man. I was just trying to see if what I was hearing was right, if they heard it too. Well, you know what? After we got in the car and we, we drove off, everybody was looking at me like I was, I was uh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny the Judger. And it wasn't until weeks later when this man was exposed as being dishonest that, some, that one of those fellows that was with me that wouldn't, that wouldn't come. Yeah, I was feeling the same way too, but I didn't want to say nothing because. And how many times do we do that? We betray our spirit to appease other people so we can be, so we can be a, a more accepted. Oh, praise God. Amen. Now, I'm not saying we be mean to people. I wasn't mean to that man. I didn't, in fact, I didn't have a conversation with that man. I never had a conversation with nobody else except for them preachers that was with me. Right. Go ahead, man. I'm, I'm only telling this now because we're so far away from it, it doesn't affect nothing. But boy, it could be, it could be a lesson to us. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Some of you, you, you've sensed something in your spirit, and you, you, don't, you don't dare say nothing because, man, Melody sure looks like she's getting blessed. I don't want to ruin it for her. Well, you're not trying to ruin nothing. I'm not trying to ruin nothing. There's somebody who can be anointed. Glory to God. So I, I'm going I'm to show you through Scripture. Anyhow, behold, I do a new thing. Will you not discern it? Turn to someone and say, will you not discern it? Listen, I love you, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm your pastor. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, if I get off base, y'all need to, y'all need to go somewhere else. If I, if, I, if I end up getting off in the ditch and I don't get back on track, hopefully you will. Hopefully you'll try. But you know what? If, if, you know, we get four years down the road and I'm still in the ditch, you don't want to follow me into the ditch. You understand? You don't want to follow nobody into the ditch. Oh, pastor, you'll never do that. Oh, really? There are, men that, there are men that are better than me that came before me that they ended up in the ditch. You can't say, listen, you can't. You, we can pray that God will have mercy upon us, that he will help us, that he will keep us. We all got to pray that way. But I'm going to tell you right now, when the writing's on the wall, don't ignore it. Now I'm not planning on going. You understand? I'm not planning on going in the ditch, but we got to. But we got to. We've got to be. Uh, we got to be real. All right. So let's let's read. Now, will some people come out of the ditch? Oh, absolutely. Amen. I think I've been in the ditch a few times. I know. I've pushed you out. <laughs> and you've pushed me out of the ditch several times. I used to not be a tither. Ted pushed me out of that ditch. Ted and Annie both. Ted, by being an example, Annie, by putting her foot down, saying we was going to tithe. I was like, I was like we don't need to tithe. She's like, yeah, we do. You, you preach it. I said, yeah, but that's, that's them. I've given my whole life. I'm not giving 10%. I gave everything. She's like, well, if you gave your whole life, what's 10%? What's a dime out of every dollar? I'm like, I'm going to pray about it. She said, I ain't praying about it. She started writing the check. She had the checkbook. She, she started writing the check. She's like, I'm writing the check. I said, well, I guess we're going to pay our tithe then. You know, that first, that first tithe hit the bank and our money went. I was like, come on now, this works. Glory to God. Yeah, then I was all like, come on, somebody. And she, and she just sat over there real quiet. <laughs> they, got, they got me out of the ditch. All right, let's read this. Man, I'm already, about, I'm already not even started. Uh, Ted, be quiet, bro. Anyway. <laughs> all right, I... Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves uh, teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Are y'all see this? Uh, can we do it in the Amplified? Let's read that. Let's read that in the Amplified. It says this, Herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Live ready. Stand by. Be at hand and ready. Whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as a preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning, urging, encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible, in patience and teaching, for the time is coming. It's not coming, it's here. Yeah. 
when people will not tolerate sound and wholesome instruction, but having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number, chosen to satisfy their own liking and foster the errors that they hold. And will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. We've talked about some of those man-made fictions, haven't we? Amen. So we won't talk about them today. Uh, now, 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1, real quick. Verses 3 and 4. As I bethought thee, besought, besought thee, bethought, as I bethought thee, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. So again, getting away from man-made myths, uh, things that... Uh, and y'all, y'all, y'all have heard me talk about man-made myths, right? We 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 we're thoroughly past that, aren't we? All right. First um, Timothy chapter four. He had a lot to say. Old Timothy, chapter four. We'll just read verse seven. We could read all this because all of it's good. But verse seven. But refuse profane old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Amen. Refuse profane old wives' fables. You, you know why the Bible's telling us this? Because doing these things that were a powerless is a waste of time. It sidelines people and keeps people from being effective in the kingdom. And then 2 Peter uh, 1.16, 2 Peter 1.16 it says this, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Amen. So that's all I have to say about those things. You remember that's what we, that I, I just wanted to make sure that you remembered where we were coming from. Now, Matthew chapter 7, this is where we're going to start, uh, start today, and hopefully I'll get a good portion of this done in the next 15 minutes. Matthew chapter 7, starting with verse 21. So, remember I was telling you that there, you know, uh, we've, we've become calloused. We don't listen to our spirits. Uh, we don't... Um, uh, we don't listen to our spirits. We, we sometimes... Uh, we've, we become calloused because we, we ignore what the Spirit sometimes is trying to tell us. So Matthew chapter 7, uh, starting with verse uh, 21, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So what is, what's Jesus saying? What did he just say? Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. Well, who falls into that category? Sinners? Wicked people? Well, everybody, including Christians. 
Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he, so he says, uh, who will enter into the kingdom of heaven? He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Well, uh, how, many of you, how many of you can, how many of you know what the will of God is? The word. The word of God. If you want to know the will of God, all you have to know is the word of God. Amen. Amen. Because God's will and God's word are one and the same. If you do the word of God, you're doing the will of God. If you'll do the word of God, you're doing the will. What, what was it that, that Paul encouraged Timothy to do? Preach the word. What did he encourage him to not do? Follow after old wives' tales. Follow after the fables of men. But stick with the word of God. That's why he told them to stick with the word. Because there are going to be a lot of people that say, Lord, Lord. You know, there's a lot of people they say, uh, again, thinking about old wives' tales. You know, I heard lots of old wives' tales about deliverance. You have to find out the name of the strong man before you can get him out. Because the Bible says this about the strong man. And, now listen, all these things, don't get me wrong. Because I know there's some deliverance people up in here. Don't get me wrong. Deliverance, you have to understand that deliverance... You, you, can, you, can, you can get people delivered by going through um, formulas and processes. You can, you can go through these processes that people have proven. And uh, that, that's why the sons of Sceva had a, a measure of success. They went around, they were exorcists, and they exorcised demons out of people. And they weren't even born again. They even got people delivered using the name of Jesus. Now listen, you, here, here's the thing about, that I've, I've learned about deliverance. And I know you all know I don't teach much or preach much on deliverance. Mrs. T knows I was big time into deliverance early on in my walk with God. I read Pigs in the Parlor. I read all these books on deliverance. We talked a lot about deliverance. We, we got people delivered. We got people delivered. But you know what I learned about deliverance? Deliverance ought to be done just like anything else in the kingdom. It ought to be done according to the will of God. According to the will of God. In fact, you know, there's some people, if there's some people, if someone, if someone rolled up in here demon-possessed and they started acting up in a service, in there, I'm not just automatically going to cast the devil out of them. I could. I have authority to cast devils out of anybody. Whether they want deliverance or not. In fact, I have cast devils out of people that didn't want deliverance. You know what happened? They just got worse. Because they weren't, they weren't willing to change anything in their life. And then I've prayed over people who thought they needed deliverance. But what they needed was a, a, a good balanced uh, diet of the word of God. They, they would receive prayer and be anointed with oil and they'd have you rub a bald spot in their head praying deliverance over them, but they wouldn't leave there and read the Bible. They wouldn't bow their knees in prayer. They wouldn't attend church regularly. They went to church once a month and then they didn't go to the same church. They just went to different churches and then they wonder why their, their life is in chaos. Wonder why, amen, I'm, I'm preaching. Wonder why they're not. Now, here's, here's what I found out. If you'll follow the Holy Ghost, he'll lead you to people that need deliverance. And, uh, and uh, deliverance happens kind of like healing. There's no special formula. When the Holy Ghost is in manifestation, demons come out of people. When he's not in manifestation, you can, you can force, you can pry demons out of people when the Holy Ghost isn't in manifestation. But when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation, it happens easily. 
And then it don't matter whether you go through a formula or not. In fact, Mrs. T was in a meeting one time at the Good Shepherd Mennonite Church where there was a young man that was filled with evil spirits and his sister was there and she was, I, I, in fact, I called that girl Demon Slayer. She was just fired up for God and she loved the Lord and her brother was sitting in this meeting and uh, was back uh, in those meetings, we were getting joy a lot. People were getting the joy and so there were some people that were laughing in the Holy Ghost and this guy began to laugh but it wasn't the Spirit of God. And his sister looked at me and she said, that's not the Lord. I said, I know it ain't the Lord. She goes back there and she, boy, she went to grabbing on him. She's like, you devil, you let him go, you know. And, and, I mean, she just went to, you know, she grabbed on him and he was sitting there. And he's just, he's like, <laughs> and she's like, in that name. And, and, and even Mrs. T looked at me and she said, that's not, that's not the Lord. I said, I know Mrs. T. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Lord hadn't told me nothing about it yet. Now, some people say this, did the Lord have to tell you? Well, I was preaching. I was, the, I was the set one over the meeting. If he was going to tell anyone, he was going to tell me. Right? Amen. You know, Paul and them, they had that one. Amen. We'll talk about it. I'm going to get the cart in front of the horse. But anyway, so, uh, so I, I stood there and, and I, trying to discern by the Spirit what I needed to do. You know, some people, they, they, they get out their deliverance manual and they start following the manual. You know, some of that that's in there are fables, things that are created by man. I remember when we cast devils out of people at the, at the Mennonite church. I was a baby Christian. First time I'd ever, you know, seen devils come out of people. There was people pouring oil. There was people hip. I mean, let me use this here. There's people with Bibles on these, but they of Jesus. Come out, devil. I command you. You know, you know what? Nowhere in scripture does it say, hold your Bible up to a demon-possessed person and it come out of it. Nowhere in the word of God does it say, anoint demon-possessed people with oil. It says to anoint the sick with oil. Prayer. And then it doesn't even say the oil has power. It says the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will. Are y'all hearing me today? See, now I'm challenging some of y'all's religion. That's what that's exact, but that's exactly what these scriptures were talking about. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom, but those that do the will of the Father. So, you know what? I, cu I couldn't go through the manual and say, What does the manual say about? It? I mean, I had to look at the word of God, and, and you know what I knew? I knew that I could cast the devil out of that guy, but would it do him any good? And is it the will of the Lord for me to cast the devil out of this guy right now in this moment? And so I stood there for a while, and I said, you know, I heard, and I began to tell a bunch of stories. One guy kicked somebody. I said, maybe if I kick him, he'll get delivered, you know. I, I, was, just, I was just wasting time. And then finally, this guy rose up out of his chair. And he was like, ah, ah, ah. he's a big dude. And, and finally, when he did that, the Spirit of God came. The anointing came on me. Do you know what? You know what came out of me when the anointing came on me? I did, it wasn't, come out! I bind thee! Name thyself! None of that came out of my... You know, you know what happened? Uh, the Spirit of God came on me. I went, ha, 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 Oh, man, the Spirit of God came on me so strong. I had to lean on the demon-possessed guy to stay on my feet. 
I leaned up, I leaned up on him and I'm laughing. I, I put my forehead on his forehead. It was just like a, and I was laughing and laughing. And, and as I'm laughing, he's like, <laughs> until finally he goes, and he fell out on the ground. I, I never even said come out. But that devil came right out of it. And you know what? There were people around that said, I'm not sure. You know, you didn't do that according to the pigs, pigs in the parlor book said. Yeah, but what is, what is the word of God? You know, Jesus, Jesus rolled up on that fella at the Gadarenes. And, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of fanfare. This demon came. You know, demon didn't ask that devil uh, Jesus, <laughs> that devil, Jesus didn't uh, confront that demon. That demon confronted Jesus. Right. Jesus didn't have to go poking around. Jesus stepped off the boat, and the demon comes out of the out of the tomb. Ah! Jesus. What do you do? You come to persecute us. Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, glory to God. A demon names itself one time. We think we got to do it all the time. You know, Jesus, he never did. In fact, you look through scripture and he never, you know, he spit on the ground and made clay of the spittle and put it in an old boy's eyes one time. That's right. He dealt with that guy at the, at the, at the tombs, that gathering. He dealt with that de demon possessed people at one time. That's how he dealt with demon possessed people. One time. You know, you know, you know why he did that one time and it wasn't a practice? Because these are not formulas. Right. These are not formulas. We're doing the will of God. We're doing the word of God. We're following the leading of the spirit. Boy, I'm preaching right now. I know. I know some of y'all right now, I'm ripping pages out of your deliverance manual. But they need it ripped out. Because listen, I've seen, I've seen devils come out. I've had devils come out of people. I, I was preaching. There's a woman sitting. And I, I, I said, I could see the demon in her. I could see the devil in her. I'm there preaching. I put my hand on her shoulder. And I'm just a preaching away. And I kept preaching. And while I was preaching, I wasn't even talking to her. I, I mean, talking to everybody. I'm just preaching. And I remember the Spirit of God came upon me. The minute he did, this woman went, ah! Slid out of her chair. It was on a Sunday morning. Slid out of her chair and into the floor. I was like, well, glory to God. Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen. Never, never said come out. Never nothing like that. Now, I'm not against saying, if he tells you to tell him to come out, tell him to come out. But she slid onto the floor. Uh, she got up that morning, testified. She said, I don't know. She said, I've... I've never, I have never, I've been in this church for 35 years. I, I'm, the, I'm the treasurer of this church. She said, I believe a demon came out of me. I said, oh, you, you you're, yes, it did. Amen. <laughs> I prayed her in the sinners. The, the, the treasurer of a Pentecostal church had never prayed a sinner's prayer and given her heart to Jesus, was filled with, de the devil, the devil was running the money of the church.
that pastor thank me after, after I left? He's like, thank you. I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, I bet, I bet things improved around there when they got the devil out of the treasury. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I was in a church in Perry, Ohio one day. On a Sunday morning, the Lord showed me a woman. Are y'all, are y'all still with me? I don't know how I got out of it. But anyway, Lord showed me this woman. Lord showed me this woman. I said, she started, to, she started to shine. I saw her by the spirit. I said, lady, step out in the aisle. I said, I, I have a word for you. And she goes. I, I was like, the Lord said, the Lord said this. He says, I have a word for her and for that man next to her. And, and I, so I said, I said, the, I said, the Lord has, because I thought it was her husband. I said, Lord has a word for you. And I went to say, and for your husband. And, I, and when I went to say, and for your husband, the Lord said, might as well be your husband, but it ain't her husband. And I said, and I have a word for that, that dude next to you. <laughs> oh, the joys, the joys of being prophetic. <laughs> uh, uh, and I'm not talking Travis and Julie. I'm just, you know, they, they just happen to be. <laughs> Julie's like, we, might, we, we, we got the papers. We got the papers. Anyway, so, <laughs> so anyway, this, this woman was demon. She was demon possessed. She was demon. I said, lady, uh, I, said, uh, I said, you don't want me to pray for you? She said, no. She says, I don't know you. I don't like you. I like him. And she pointed to the pastor. And I will listen to him, but I will not listen to you. I said, you're a liar. I mean, it was Sunday morning. She put me out there. I said, that's a lie. I said, you don't love him. I said, you don't, you don't love him. You don't trust him. I said, if you loved him and trusted him, you would love me and trust me because he brought me here. I said, that's not, that's not the truth. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God, because we was having trouble breaking through and revival in that church. And all of a sudden, it hit me. The Lord said, that's why I hadn't been able to do what I want to do here, because there's a whole bunch of people like that in here. I was, and I, I told the pastor, I said, oh, I said, oh, there. I said, that's it. I said, you know, we, we talked, because we had been talking about me and the pastor. I said, you know, I told you there's a spirit that was opposing us, that was resisting what God. I said, that's it right there. I said, but we got it. <laughs> you know, demons are like a, you know, uh, you ever seen that whack-a-mole game? See, when I, you, you can't do, you can, you, can, you can dig up a demon and you can get it to leave. But when, when they pop their heads up, they're easy to get out. You understand? That when they show themselves, that's when you can, Amen. I was like, I was like, she, it showed itself. I was like, in the name of Jesus. Listen, this woman began to, to slither around in her chair. She began to, ah, ah. I was like, I told you. I didn't cast the devil out of her. She, she didn't want deliverance. She left there that day. I sat with the pastor. I said, that woman's demon possessed. He was like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I said, yeah, she's possessed. His wife says, that was so uncharacteristic of her. I said, she has a demon. 
And we'd sit for a while, you know, they would, they would believe it. See, some of y'all, some of y'all are in the same boat. We're, we're so used to old wives' tales, and, and we want to give people the benefit of the doubt that we'll, we'll betray our own spirit. We will see the evidence and not embrace what we're seeing. We saw this woman manifest demons. They, they said it, but it's so uncharacteristic. You know what they kept saying? Every, every about 15 minutes, they'd say, that was so uncharacteristic of her. And I'd look at him, I'd say, she has a devil. Oh, yeah. It's an evil spirit. That was not her. That was a bad spirit. Yeah. 15 minutes later, that was so uncharacteristic of her. <laughs> she got a devil. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You can't hear me? (laughs) She's possessed. (laughs) 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 So there's some people... That now let's, let's read. So not everyone say to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. Next verse. Many will say, look what it says. Many will say. How, it doesn't say a few. It doesn't say a couple. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? So Jesus is talking about people that aren't going to enter into the kingdom. They prophesied, not in their own name, but in his name. And in thy name, what what am I talking about? See, some of y'all that were resistant to some of these things I've been telling, it's it's right here. And it's written in red. Jesus said it. And in my name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Next verse. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Iniquity. Now, what is iniquity? Do you all know what iniquity is? It's lawlessness. Say lawlessness. lawlessness. So iniquity, you know, some people think iniquity is adulterating, fornicating, lying, cheating, stealing, things of that nature, murdering. Uh, iniquity is, it's very simple. It's lawlessness. In other words, we choose our way over God's way. And choosing our way over God's way can lead to adulterating, fornication. That's just the fruit of iniquity. The fruit of lawlessness is all these these, uh, actions, these sins. But what it is is that we've not submitted our will to the will of the Father. We've refused His way to do it our way. In fact, it's the reason why Lucifer was kicked out of heaven. Do you know when, when the Bible says... When the Bible talks about Lucifer being kicked out of heaven, some people say it was pride, it was this, it was that. No, those, those were all things that were evident in Lucifer, but the word of God tells us why Lucifer was kicked out of heaven. The Bible says this, till iniquity was found in you. Lawlessness, lawlessness. 
What it was was Lucifer wanted things outside of the will of God. Outside of what God had created him for. In fact, Lucifer wanted some of the same things you want. Anybody ever say this? I want to be like God. Anybody? I want to be like him. I want to take on the nature and the character of God. I want to be like Jesus. It's like Michael Jordan. I want to be like Mike. Remember that? Remember that? I, I remember it. I want to be like Mike. We want to be like Jesus. In fact, the Bible, said, the Bible in the New Testament tells the believer this. Be ye imitators of God as dear children. We are to be imitators of God. We're to be like him. But you know what? That wasn't the case for Lucifer. That wasn't why he was created. He said this. He said, I will be like the most high. And God said, uh-uh. That's iniquity. That isn't what you were created for. I'm preaching right now. God didn't create, God didn't create the angels to stand in the place we stand. We're, we've been created uh, in the likeness of God. They weren't created in the likeness of God. We were created with free will. We're created to rule the reign. Them angels, God created them for a different purpose. Lucifer was trying to get... Why, why do you think the devil hates you so bad? Why, why do you think that the devil hates you because you get to do all the stuff he wanted to do? You get to be all the stuff that he wanted to be. But that wasn't the purpose for which he was created. Are y'all hearing me today? So to get off in iniquity means this. We get off over there doing things that God doesn't intend for. Now, now here's the thing. You can be doing things that are in the Bible. Casting out devils. Prophesying. What was the other one? Doing many mighty works or many marvelous or wonderful works. But he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. In other words, you didn't do the will of the Father. You did your own thing. You didn't do it God's way. To, to quote a preacher that we once had at our church I did it my way well the theme song of hell is going to be I did it my way so there are people that because they're, they've gone into this thing in the flesh and not in the spirit because they've not discerned the difference you know what? Every, everybody just wants to, everybody just, now don't get me wrong. Mrs. T will get up here and testify. I, mean, I was in that number for years. It didn't matter to me whether it was, whether God told me to pray for the sick or not. If there was an opportunity to pray for the sick, I was going to pray for the sick. Be it God's will or not God's will. Some of you may say this, is it always God's will for us to minister healing to the sick? Well, it's, it's God's will for the sick to be healed, but it's not always God's will for us to run around after every person who's sick and minister to them any old way we want to. 
Peter and John at the gate beautiful. They rolled up on the, at that gate beautiful. Anybody remember that story? Am, am I okay? Am I still okay, babe? Acts chapter 3. Peter and John at the hour of prayer went to the gate beautiful. Certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried daily to the gate of the temple to ask alms of those that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple said, look on us. And they gave, he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Y'all remember the story? Now, you know what? There were a lot, you know, you, you realize that he wasn't the only person begging at the, people have, people, people know where to go begging for stuff at. People have been begging at the church for years. If we had a church, in fact, we do have a church phone number. 100% of the calls that we get on our church phone are people saying, do you have some money? Yes. Right. I, I was running through town. My car broke. Everybody car break down. And they just need a night of hotel. That's all they need. And if they can't get a night of hotel, can they get a gas card? Can you just give me a gas card? If you can give me a gas card, I'll be good. Well, you don't know that you don't you don't understand. We were we were addicted one time too. We sold gas cards too. We went and checked out the hotel and got a refund too. We took we took the clothes that you bought us back to Walmart too. Oh, listen, why y'all looking at me all crazy? But anyway, Peter, Peter and John, they're, they're surrounded with people that are sick, people that are begging, people that are needy. But the Spirit of God quickened them to minister to that man. They didn't minister to anyone else that day. They ministered to that man. Led by the Spirit. And what happened with that man? Well, the Bible says he jumped up on his feet, his ankles took up strength, and he went into the temple jumping and leaping and praising God. And as a result of his deliverance and his healing, uh, 5,000 were added to the kingdom that day. Amen. So how do we discern? How do you as God's people discern the difference between what is God and what is not God? Or what is God, but it's coming out of, a, out of a place that wasn't necessarily led by the Spirit of God? Well, first of all, you got to be in the Spirit. You got to be in the Spirit. Turn to someone and tell them, you got to be in the Spirit. You've got to be in the Spirit. <clears throat> Can I read a, you a couple more scriptures, then we'll be done? Because i got to get through this. This has been how many weeks now that I haven't got to this? Have you, have, you, have you been learning anything? I don't normally teach on Sunday mornings. I try to preach uh, on Sunday morning and teach on Wednesdays. But uh, I believe this is important because I believe we're living in a time when God doesn't want us falling into the trap where we're a part of those many that come to him saying, Lord, Lord. Uh, listen, folks, I'm going to tell you right now. I love healing the sick, casting out devils and I love doing all that stuff that, that, the, that the Lord has allowed me to do in my, my life and in my ministry. I'm all for it, every bit of it. But the last thing I want is for me to show up and him say to me, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. 
Now, notice the scripture doesn't say, I never met you. <laughs> it says, I never knew you. So I'm sure all these people met him, but they never bothered to know him. So go to the book of Acts, chapter 21. I'm going to show you a, a verse of scripture here. Acts chapter 21. If, if you're going to discern, if you're going to discern, so I'm going to give you something, Lindsay, you ready? I'm going to give this to y'all. If you're going to discern the, if, uh, what, is, what be God, what not be God, here's the first thing that you have to do. Number one, you've got to remove all preconceived ideas out of your mind about situations that you find yourself in circumstances of life. You know what? When you're going through difficulties in life, don't, don't let the first thought, the first impression you get be the impression that you're left with. You have to have no preconceived ideas about what the will of God is or isn't in whatever circumstances you find yourself in. And, and I, uh, in other words, uh, um, if, you're, if you're going through difficulty, you can't just come to the conclusion that somehow or another you've done something wrong. What have I done wrong to put myself in this place? Uh, maybe, maybe it is you sowed something you shouldn't have sown. You're reaping something uh, as a result of something that you sowed. But you can't have preconceived ideas. You have to be willing to allow the Lord to show you. So Acts chapter 21, uh, starting with verse 1, it says, It came to pass after we were gotten from them and they had launched, we came uh, with a straight course uh, unto Coos and, and the day following unto Rhodes and from thence unto Pantera. And finding a ship sailing over unto Phoenicia, we went, uh, we went aboard and set, uh, set forth. Now, uh, when we had discovered Cyprus, we left it on the left hand, sailed unto, into Syria, and landed at Tyre. For there the ship was to be unlaid her burden, and finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, who said to Paul through the Spirit. Now, now notice what this says. It says in 21 verse 4, and finding disciples, say finding disciples. So who, who did they find there at, at Tyre? They found disciples, not apostles, not prophets, not evangelists, not pastors, not teachers, disciples. Now, it's important that you understand because some of you are like, well, you're making an awful big assumption. No, because as you read through this scripture, it does differentiate between disciples people that prophesy, and people that are prophets. So there's a differentiation between... So if these had been ministry gifts, it would have said so because it made that distinction later on in these verses of Scripture. We met disciples who said to Paul, how? Through the... So these disciples were saying something to Paul by the Spirit. Now, is that word Spirit capitalized? What does that mean? That means it was the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit had shown these disciples something uh, and they were saying this to Paul. They said not to go up to Jerusalem. So they, by the Spirit, saw something and they determined by, by what they saw that Paul shouldn't go to Jerusalem. Now, it's not the end of the story. Next verse. And when we had accomplished those days, we departed and went our way, and, and they all brought uh, us 
on our way with wives and children till we, till we are out of the city and we kneel down uh, on the shore and we pray. Next verse. And when we'd taken our leave, one of another, we took ship and they returned home again. Next verse. And when we had finished our course from Tyre, we came to some place, I don't know, I don't know how to say, and saluted the brethren and abode with them one day. Next verse. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea. And, and now here's where it starts. And we entered the house of Philip the Evangelist. Yes. Now see? So disciples. So disciples heard from the Spirit something. They saw something by the Spirit. And they said, don't go to Jerusalem, Paul. Now, they're at Philip the Evangelist's house, which was one of the seven, and they abode with him. Next verse. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. Notice it doesn't call them prophets. It just says they, they prophesied. In other words, they functioned in the simple gift of prophecy. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. Next verse. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle, he took Paul's belt, and he bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So the prophet prophesies probably what those disciples saw. Those disciples saw something and they said, don't go to Jerusalem. Well, this is probably what they saw. Because now the prophet comes and he binds himself up with Paul's belt. And he says, this is what's going to happen. Essentially, Paul, this is what's going to happen to you when you go to Jerusalem. Notice that the prophet doesn't tell him whether to go or not go. Do you know why? Because in the New Testament, we're not led by prophets. We're led by the Spirit. Prophecy, that's why, this is, this is one of the verses that, is, that, we, that we use when we teach people about prophetic words. That prophecies are, a, a New Testament prophet, if they're prophesying about your future, they're only confirming what you already know. They're not prophesying over you to give you direction. If you're getting direction from a prophet, you're, you're on a slippery slope. They're going to convince you that someone's going to be president for eight years. They're going to convince you that someone is going to, you're going to go to heaven and there's going to be a Christmas town and cows are going to ride tractors and farmers are going to grow out of fields. And look what it says. And when we heard this, it's talking about, y'all know who wrote the book of Acts? Luke, Luke the physician. So Luke says, and when we heard these things, both we, now he's, he's including himself, and they of the place besought him not to go to Jerusalem. Listen, look, look at me, y'all. Look at me. When, when, if you're going to discern, if you are going to discern what the Spirit is saying and doing. You cannot have any preconceived idea. If you have a preconceived idea, of, of, if you have a thought of, about what God is showing, God sometimes shows us stuff and we don't know why he's showing it to us. Prophet, listen, prophets, people that are prophetic and God's people, God may have shown you lots and lots and lots of stuff, but most of the time you don't know what he's talking about. 
All you know is what he has shown you. And if you have a preconceived idea, if you already have in your head, like, like these, you know what these folks thought? These folks thought, surely God doesn't want him to go to Jerusalem. Why would God want him to be bound? Next verse. Then Paul answered, what mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. See, Paul knew what God had called him. You know, if Paul hadn't gone to Jerusalem, he wouldn't have gone to prison. And if he hadn't have gone to prison, he wouldn't have fulfilled his ministry. But that's exactly what God wanted him to do. And God was showing him what was coming. And he was ready, not only ready to be bound, but to die. This is why we as God's people, you know what? There's, there's lots of people call themselves prophets. You know, uh, let, let, me, let me say this. Pro, people say prophets are seers. And you're a seer. If you're a seer, you're a prophet. Those disciples were seers. They saw what the prophets saw. Just because you see something in the spirit doesn't mean you're a prophet. And just because you see something doesn't mean you're supposed to tell it. In fact, most people that see stuff in the spirit that are Christian, they don't understand what they're seeing. They're seeing something. You say, well, why is he showing it to us then? Uh, pray. Imagine that. Imagine that God don't want you to say a word. Just imagine that God wants you to sit on everything that you want to say. But see, we have these preconceived ideas, these fables of men that say if we hear something, we got to tell it. I'm going to tell you something, because I functioned in a prophetic office for, for many years. And I'm coming to the end of that time of functioning in that problem. I'm, I'm not going to function in a prophetic office in the last days. That time is coming to an end. I've, I started out as an evangelist. I went into a prophetic ministry. Um, I've, I've got a, an apostolic nature to the call on my life. Um, I'm, I'm here pastoring a church. I'm up here teaching right now. But that prophetic office, I'm not going to function in that office for much longer. But I found this out. A prophet isn't just a seer. A prophet isn't just someone who knows stuff. Do you know, you know the main, do you know the main gift that works in a prophet? The ability to discern what it is that God is saying about what he should. You know, disciples can see it, but they don't know what it means. A prophet sees it, and he'll either know what it means, or he'll know enough not to try to expound on what it means. Like, like Agabus did. There's a grace on prophetic people to say what God showed them and not to make any assumptions. Because when you go to making assumptions, you might have good intentions, but good intentions, Miss T taught me that. Good intentions aren't what we function off of. Good intentions aren't always what help people. But you know what? Doing the will of God always helps people. Are y'all hearing me today? See, that, that's why you, you can't be given to your flesh and to emotions. Because emotions will tell you, ooh, emotions will try to get you to champion for those that are going to be hurt or injured. Those that are going to go through difficulty and trouble. 
You know, sometimes God will lead you into difficulty. Why do you think Jesus said, pray and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil? Heck, Jesus got baptized in the Holy Ghost right after he got baptized in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The Spirit will lead you to places that you'll encounter difficulty. He's not trying to hurt you. If he's with you and you, if you're in him and he's in you, I'm in you. You're in me. That's not a Christian song. But anyway, if he's in you and you're in him, if in him you live and move and have your being, then you can go through difficulty and be safe. You'll go through the water and it won't overflow you. You'll go through the fire and you'll not be burned. You won't even come out smelling like smoke. Amen. But you got to be in him. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Boy, you know, through that COVID thing, the Lord didn't lead. You know what? I was, I was wishing the Lord would lead me to a more, uh, a less uh, controversial place, a place that fit more with the narrative that was being. But you know what? Immediately, and Annie will tell you, immediately when that COVID thing hit, immediately, I was like, it's a lie. They said, people, all these people are dying. I'm like, people are dying, but it's not that bad. Now, see, some of you right now, you still believe the lie. Because all you, all you did was watch the news. But you know what? When we got in, when Cherie and I got in the airplane and flew from Ohio to Arizona and back and forth through all these places. We went, we went by, we went to churches, we went to people's homes, we went to hospitals, we went to grocery stores, we, we went all over the place. We went everywhere laying hands on everybody. I went to people's houses, laid hands on people that were dying of COVID. You know what? Most of them, in fact, none of them were dying of COVID. All of them had something else that they had been dying from and now they had COVID. And it made it worse for them. But that's not what we were hearing. We saw triage tents full of people. Lines of cars going. When we got to the hospital, the parking lots were empty. The triage tents didn't exist. The nurses and the doctors were the only ones that were there. And Cherie was praying for them. And they were, she was saying, what can I pray for? They said this. They said, pray that we don't lose our jobs. They're laying people off because there's nothing for us to do. ABC, CBS, NBC, FOX, none of them, none, CNN, none of them said any of that. We went to try to volunteer. We were watching people on television, nurses that said, that were breaking down. We have to, we have to, we have to be there when people die without their family and we're all they have. And that, uh, I, said, I told Shri, I said, go tell them. We got people at our church that will volunteer to go in there and we'll, 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 we'll sit with them. We'll sit with them till they're gone. We're not scared. Go ahead, man. What, what do you think we're supposed to do as God's people? I know I'm going a long time. If your butt's fall asleep, turn the other cheek. 
I'm making up for lost time here. We all right? I know it's, I know it's a long service. We'll be all right. You ain't going to die. Maybe I'll order you some pizza here in a minute. I know. You know what? There wasn't nobody to sit with. They said to Shree, there ain't nobody to sit with over here. There's, now go to Norman. They might be over there. We heard Norman has some. Now, did, did, did people die? Absolutely, people die. Did people get real bad sick? Yeah, people get real bad sick every year. Right. <laughs> Pastor T sick right now. He ain't going to die, but he's sick right now. He ain't got COVID, you understand? But Pastor T, he's sick right now. People get sick every year. Around this time, Debbie's sick right now. You know the ingredient that's not that's not mixed in with their sickness right now, the fear that came during that time of COVID telling every old person they were going to die, telling every feeble person they were going to die, telling every fat person they were going to die. Come on, I was high, I was high risk. I'd walk into some of them houses with people that had COVID. They said, Pastor Ziggy, what are you doing here? I said, I came to pray for you. They said, you want to put a mask on? I said, I don't need no mask. I said, what good's a mask going to do me? I'm about to put my hands on you. You can't put your hands on me. I said, watch me in the name of Jesus. I curse that COVID. Let her go in the name of Jesus. Many of these people were dying from isolation. I remember I prayed for that lady, Mrs. T, that one lady I prayed for. She's crying. She said, I, I sure would like to hug you. I said, she said, I'm, I'm sick. I said, we just pray, be healed in the name of Jesus. And I really got grabbed her. I'm like, mm, in the name of Jesus. I told people at church, too. I said, I'm praying for someone that has COVID this afternoon. If you're scared, don't come back tonight because I'm coming to preach afterwards. Some people said, did you get COVID? Yeah, like twice. <laughs> I've had a cold a time or two. Got the flu once or twice. That stomach bug tried to get on me. I, I rebuked it in the name of Jesus. It had to go. Ted got the COVID a couple times, didn't you, Ted? I called Ted one day. I said, Ted... Everybody at church is getting COVID. I said, how are you doing? He says, well, I think I might have had it. I said, well, when did you have it? He goes, well, I woke up this morning feeling real bad. I said, well, what'd you do? He said, well, I had work to do. So I went out and I did my work. He said, I think it, I think it went ahead and left. <laughs> he said, I ain't, got time. I, ain't, I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for that. He said, I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time to die today. Preconceived ideas. Say preconceived ideas. You got to get rid of them. You got to get rid. You got it. You've got to find out what be the will of God. Why did God tell me that preacher was dishonest? God didn't tell me that preacher was dishonest because I couldn't receive something from that preacher. 
He just wanted me to know that all that he was saying wasn't right. That's all. Just be aware that all that he's saying ain't right. I could have received just fine as long as I kept that in check. And you know what? I did. And we found out later he was dishonest. And I, I got to leave that meeting. I, I felt like I had received somewhat of a refreshing. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it wasn't all that I'd hoped, but I, I received enough. Amen. See, we as God's people, we have to be aware of the fact that there are some that they're never going to come to that point where they submit themselves completely to the will of the Father. And they're going to be off in iniquity doing things their way instead of God's way. And in the last days, there'll be many. There'll be many. So do y'all see this in that verse of Scripture? I have a couple more Scripture, but I'm not going to read them to you because it's our, we're already getting late here. and uh, Annie's looking like she's hungry, so. No, you're not hungry, baby. <laughs> Uh, read, uh, re read these scriptures, though. Read these later. Uh, <clears throat> again, uh, let me finish this. Uh, you got to get rid of preconceived ideas. Lean not to your own understanding. Lean not to your own understanding. Isaiah 55, 9. His ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts higher than our thoughts. So our thinking, our minds, our, 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 the way we uh, perceive things, they have to be elevated to his level so that we don't fall into the trap of doing things in iniquity. Amen. God's ways are higher. That, that means some, sometimes, sometimes God will lead you, and when he leads you, I'm going to have to tell another testimony. I'm not going to be able to read this. I'm going to have to tell you all another testimony. I'm going to give you one last testimony and we'll be done. And I'll try to finish this Wednesday. I was in a church in, in Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, Florida. I may have told this recently. In West Palm Beach, Florida. I was there, pastor of that church. They invited me to come preach. We were in our second week of revival there. I was preaching. I noticed a young woman came into the church. She sat down on the front row. She was crying and weeping and bawling and slobbering and snotting. I mean, she was a mess. And uh, 3,000 people there, Mrs. T. And I'm praying for, I'm, I prayed for so many people. I think it was about midnight before we got out of there. And at midnight, this girl is still sitting there and she's talking with the pastor's wife. Well, I just sat down, you know, on the altar waiting for the pastor's wife to have this conversation with this girl. And they brought her over. They said, Brother Ziggy, will you pray for her? Can we all pray for her? Let's pray together. And they began to tell me the story. This girl, her, her parents, somehow or another, they'd, she'd gotten it sideways with her parents. They had, uh, she had left the house. Her, she had taken her brother's car. Her brother let her use his car. They reported the car stolen. Now the police are after her. She doesn't know why they're being this way. This girl's probably in her early 20s, you know, very early 20s, 20, 21 years old. Uh, she's just so misunderstood. She doesn't know why her parents have been so abusive and so ugly toward her. I mean, she told this story of her parents that, my God, it was just like, my, you know, she was whooped with a, with a clothes hanger, you know, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So, <clears throat> you know, you're hearing this story and they're like, Brother will you will you help us pray? I said, absolutely, let's pray. So I laid my hands on this. Now, listen, 
I've, I've been at this long enough that I've gotten to the place. I, don't, I have no preconceived idea. Some people think I say stuff, and I'm, I try to be as gentle as I can. You know, I'm not trying to hurt nobody's feelings. If I ever come and say something to you that hurts your feelings, tell me, because I want to try to fix it. I want to try to work. I want to try to do things better. Because sometimes I'm just straightforward, and, and sometimes you got to ease people into it. You know, for me, I like people to be like, hey, man, you know, uh, uh, get off the road because you're about to get hit. Some people want to be like, hey, you know, I got this nice chair over here out of the road if you want to sit in it. You know, they want you, they don't want you, they don't want to be told directly. But anyway, I'm, I'm praying for this girl. And as I'm praying over her, Rick, the Holy Ghost speaks to me and he says, this girl is going what she's going through because she's given herself over to a spirit of sexual perversion. <laughs> you want to talk about something that came out of left field. I was like, what? You know, then I started wondering, well, what did I have for lunch? You know, you, you, start, to th you start to think, where could, where could that come from? Because that is so bizarre. And, and, and I was like, oh, spirit of sexual perversion. I was like, well, you know, you know, Bible says when you don't know what to pray for as you ought to pray in the Holy Ghost. So I'm just like, you know, we get done praying and the pastor's wife. Now I don't know. See, sometimes I think people really, when people ask me a question, I always assume they want to know the answer. And I have to quit assuming that because that sometimes gets me in trouble. So the pastor's wife looks at me and she says, Brother Ziggy, did you hear the Lord tell you anything? I said, as a matter of fact, I did. <laughs> I, and I, told, I, I prefaced it by telling them, I don't understand this much. I don't really get this. I said, but, and I looked at her in the face. Young, nice young lady. She didn't look anything like you, Tegan, but she was, she was just as clean cut as, as Tegan here. Just, just the sweetest thing, except for she was blubbering and crying, and we felt so, I felt so bad for her. In my mind, I thought, how terrible for this beautiful young woman to be enduring this. How dare they? <laughs> and I just looked at her. I said, I did hear something. I said, and it don't make much sense to me. I said, but, and I looked her right in the face, and I said, but the Lord tells me you're going through this because you've given yourself over to a spirit of sexual perversion. When I said that, the pastor's mouth dropped to the floor. The pastor's wife, her mouth dropped to the floor. This girl looked at me, and she was calm for a minute, but then you could see the anger rise up in her, and she goes, yeah, I was raped. And then she began to talk about how she had been a victim of, of some sexual uh, crime at some point in her life. And, and, and when she went off on me, and because she was, she was like, how could you be so insensitive to not even care about the fact that I'm a victim? And, and uh, so the pastor's wife looked at me like I was mean and evil and grabbed this girl and held her tight. And she was almost like, get away. <laughs> she didn't do that, but that was what I was feeling. I, I, was, I, I was getting the getaway vibe, you know? Go back, go back, go back. Go back to where you were. <laughs> it's Blue's Clues. I'm pulling from way back now. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going way back, boy. Anyway. So, you know, I was like, you all asked. I mean, I might have missed it. You know, there's always a chance. 
And, and that's the thing. I had no preconceived ideas. I didn't know what was going on with Israel. She didn't come for that. There was nothing in the story that alluded to anything like that. I was just like, I, I saw what I saw. I said, I could be wrong. Maybe I need to go home. So they called this girl's mother. The mother's on her way there. <laughs> Pastor and I were walking out with this, you know, we're in the, we get to the parking lot. It's, it's already late. We've, we've, we've already missed our opportunity to get food. I'm hungry. <laughs> I got Michael in on that. He's like, oh, feeling. He about to come and give an offering. <laughs> and the girl's mother pulls up. When the girl's mother pulls up, she jumps out of the car. And she's like, I can't believe the... She, she's a Cuban. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you do not mess with Cuban or Puerto Rican women. Mexican women are tricky. They'll get you while you're sleeping. <laughs> Cubans, Puerto Ricans, they will not wait till you're asleep. They will cut you. And so, uh, anyway... She gets out. I can't believe it. She's, you know, she, I can't believe you. I can't believe you came over here to tell me that she was, she's going to town. I'm, what did you want to know what she did? Do you want to know what she did? I was like, I bet we're going here. <laughs> See, because Hispanic women, they believe the best way to curve your behavior is to shame you in front of everybody. You're going to embarrass me? I'm about to embarrass you. It's like a, it's like a embarrassment match. And so <laughs> this Cuban mama begins to go through a list of what had happened that day. I walked in on her and her boyfriend in our house, watching porn, having sex. I found all of these sex toys and all of this stuff and all of it. And she began to name all this stuff that was going, how she couldn't believe. And, she, and then when the daughter left, she took the brother's car without permission and she went through a room and she began to, she had, she had stuff with her. I'm glad she wasn't pulling it all out. She's like, she is, she's given herself over to, to these sexual things. And she, man, you, you know what? That pastor and his wife looked at me and they was like, then they was kind of scared. They're like, boy, this boy ain't playing. You listen, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good when they think you missed it. But when they found out, when they found out God told you something that was real deep, they're like, you can see, you can see them secretly going, forgive me, Lord, of all my sins. Cleanse me. Let the blood of Jesus cleanse me. They, they break out their little communion cup. <laughs> Hide it, Lord. <laughs> As far as the east is from the west, God. <laughs> now, you know what? That's not to say, here's the thing. That's all I knew. That's all I heard. I didn't see anything else. The Lord didn't tell me nothing else. That's all he showed me. That's all he told me. I didn't have nothing else to say. That was it. I couldn't let no preconceived ideas come in. God knew how this was all going to shake out. He knew everything, how it was going to happen. 
and it was going to happen according to his Now, some people are like, oh, you a prophet. Well, well, every now and again. Every now and then, I'm sure not going to put it on my business card. I'm sure not going to let people call me that. I'm sure not going to be like, oh, yes, amen. Glory to God. Because <sighs> <clears throat> this morning, I'm a teacher. Now, I may shift over into profit here in a minute. And that might be good. It might be scary. But it's not according to my will. It's according to. You hear me? me? See, the problem is, is that we get people calling us something and then we get to believe in that it's right, that it's true. And then pretty soon we're trying to perform. I was in a meeting one time, Mrs. T. Oh, man, I shouldn't go on. I should, I should be quiet. We was in a meeting in, we was in, a meeting in Archibald. We, we was going to have a healing meeting. Two days of healing meetings. At a Rodriguez church. And we was there, and all these sick people, I mean, the place was packed. All these sick people came. Lord told me that night, he said, don't you lay your hands on one of these sick people. I was like, but Lord, they all came for ministry. The Lord's like, no, do not touch them. Because I ain't going to do it. I was like, all right. I announced it. I'm like, I ain't touching none of y'all. I ain't praying for, we're not praying for the sick. Listen, you could, you could, you could, you could hear people go, <gasps> the disappointment. Mrs. T came to me. She said, can't you just pray for some of them? I'm like, I can't, Mrs. T. Lord told me not to do nothing. She said, oh, it'll be all right. There's nothing wrong with praying. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with praying unless the Lord told you don't. Now, I didn't expect Mrs. T to know that. You know why? He didn't tell her. He told me. I'm the one that knew. See, that's why Paul looked at them people and said, why y'all tell me this breaking my heart? Making me feel bad. Are you really going to put the pressure on me to try to do what you want me to do? Or do you want me to do what God told me to do? Stand up, will you? Is this helping anybody here? We didn't pray for the sick that night. We sent them all home. Thank God. Because the next day, the next day, we had more sick people come. And that next night, the Lord uh, had me ministering to sick people nearly from the time. I've I've maybe preached for 10 minutes. See, some of y'all would have liked that service. I preached for 10 minutes and laid hands on people the rest of the time. But usually in service like that, we're there till one in the morning anyhow. Amen. Now, this would be a good time for all you pregnant women to go take, go to the bathroom get in, and use the bathroom. Some of them have been holding it, man. Been... <laughs> Praise the Lord. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, there's an anointing for babies here at Winter's Church. Amen. Oh, yeah. Lindsay's like, I don't receive that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Pastor Annie woke up kind of sick and, and I was like, <laughs> look, Tika looking at her like, for real? <laughs> I was praying. I was praying. 
Oh, Lord, don't move my mountain. <laughs> Can you see how we need to be discerning? How we need to see by the Spirit. Amen. We don't want to be, not only do we not want to be those that get out there and we just do things uh, for the Lord outside of the will of God, but we want to make sure that we guard ourselves from the influence of people that they throw themselves into. Because it's easy to get into that when you hang out with people that do that. That encourage. I want people to be in the spirit. I want, and Mrs. T will tell you, I was all up in the Kool-Aid every day, all day long. If if someone was gonna pray, lay hands on somebody, it was gonna be me. If someone was gonna get a tongue and interpretation, it was gonna be me. If someone was gonna get up and do a special song, it was gonna be me. And I was gonna do two of them. Cast out devils, me. Preach, me. Prophesy me. I was going to do it all. If there was an opportunity to do it, I was going to do it. Now there's a time, I think, in everyone's life when that's prohibited. You know, when it's, when, 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 when God, when God's, when God says, you've got to stop and you've got to, and then there are times that it's permitted. There's times when it's okay. But we have to discern the spirit. We have to follow the Holy Ghost. We don't want to be the many or numbered with the many that say, Lord, Lord. I don't know about y'all, but that's, that's been heavy on my heart. I do not. You know, you can start out well and you can end bad. And I don't want to be one who started well and ended bad. You know what? If God, if God were to tell me in this season, you know what? I don't want you prophesying. I don't want you laying hands on sick people. I don't want you casting out. I don't want you doing none of that stuff. What I want you to do is I want you to teach my people. You know what? There will be people that will say, you need to get back to. Because you know what? That was the part of my life that they preferred. But I've got to be about the will of the Father. Not the will of people that want a page in the book of my life. You know what? If you want a page in the book of my life, just go back and remember it. Get by a video. I've got recordings of back in those days. If that's what you want, I'll give it to you. But you know what? I have a, I, and I don't know, I've got a sneaking suspicion that at some point in my life, God is going to relegate me to the place of equipping people and not so much of the doing of what I'm doing now. And you know what? It's better that I equip people. You know why? Because if I equip people, I'm not just adding to the kingdom, I'm multiplying the kingdom. I'm multiplying the kingdom. And you know what? I'm willing to do it. One day the Lord probably, you know, I, I hope you all know this, I'm probably not going to be the pastor of this church forever. There will come a point in time when I will have to pass the baton to someone. There's someone that I'll have to pass it. Maybe it'll be Tyler. You know, maybe it'll be that fellow right there. And see, that's why I say it might be him, because he's always, uh-uh, that was me. I was never going to do this. But you see, we, but here's, here's the thing. I'm going to do the will of God, whether I want to do it or not. I'm going to do what God says. You know, I, I, you know what I would prefer? I'd prefer getting up here and, and like back in the day, getting up here and singing hallelujah and getting real soft and real quiet and then touch and everybody falling out on the floor. 
Those were the best meetings, weren't they, Mrs. T? I mean, it was just the greatest. But you know, that's not what he's saying to us right now. But you know, some of you, he is going to tell you to rise up, to begin to, amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. They've been so gracious to hear, to receive today. Father, I'm so grateful for what you're saying to us. God, I'm praying that there'll be a, 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 a spirit, an anointing upon them that will allow them to discern and to know, to hear, to, to be led by your spirit, to follow your direction. God, we need you. We need you now more than ever before. We need you. Listen, if some of you desire prayer, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call for you, if some of you desire prayer today, if you want to receive prayer today, I'm going to have Mrs. T help me out. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray for some of y'all. If you want to discern the spirit or if you're sick in your body or if you need a touch from God, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to let Mrs. T pray for, for you as well. Fella. I saw him in the Lord's. Yeah. And also the the young lady with the earrings hanging and the her. Yeah. Oh, that his wife? No. I'm no. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. God's working with them, with her, with you. She loves the Lord a lot. Oh, yeah. She loves the Lord so much. She's waiting for she's waiting for something to happen in her life. But you don't have to wait no more. God doesn't make you wait. God doesn't say, okay, you gotta wait before I use you. He'll use you any way you are. Any way you are. You come to the Lord and then he'll use you. You're waiting to do change something or then you're gonna do it. No, do it now. Do it now. Can we pray? Okay. Redhead, right here. You. Oh my goodness. Jesus is going to be heard in the name of Jesus. It's at a. It's at right across. In Jesus' name, heal, heal right now. Those cells, those molecules, those, everything working in there, Father, put them back in place right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Continue to anoint, anoint this young man, Lord. Give him strength when there's no strength. Father, in Jesus, renew him. Renew him, Father, in the name of Jesus. 
Ultra heal, heal, heal the whole body from head to toe. Make him new, Lord. Restore him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You have the tongues, brother. Does he have the tongues? You got the tongues. Well, use them more. Use them more. In Jesus' name. Even when you're at home, just speak in tongues. Because that will glorify God. And the breath that you breathe will be the tongues of God in you. In Jesus' name. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, blessed to be like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. What you've been asking for, God, he promises that he hears us when we pray. And we pray with our heart and our soul and our mind. And he changes things, but for the good in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, you are so good to us. You are a good father. We love you, Lord. For, Lord, the teaching that she has heard today has touched her heart. She knows, Lord, that you're speaking to her. She knows, Lord, that you love her. You have never left her. You'll never forsake her. And I remove all the thoughts, all those thoughts that come through to discourage you. Right now, remove them in the name of Jesus. For you are holy, God. You've been made new. In Jesus' name, you are a child of God. He loves you more. Every day he loves you more. In Jesus' name, for you are saved by his grace, loved by his heart. He has a heart that loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son. Oh, yes. Make a change. Oh, brother, Jesus. For you are the child of God already in Jesus' name. But now you're going to learn more from your pastor. You're going to be learning and learning so you can also use those words that God gives you. They're not your words. They're God's words in Jesus' name. For put him first. Put him first, Titus. Put God first, Titus. Put God first, Titus. He comes before anything. He comes before everything. In Jesus' name, give him the words of power from the Holy Spirit. Let it be, Lord. Let it be. Let it be. In Jesus' name. Hold up your hand. Surrender. Hold up your hand. Be free. Be free. Hold up your hand. In Jesus' name. Be free. In Jesus' name. Do not be ashamed. Do not be ashamed of me. Oh, da, da, da. for you are a child of God. In Jesus' name. Oria. Oria. Orianda. 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And when you're playing the guitar, the guitar's gonna play you. The guitar's gonna make music in you. For the music is to worship God, it's to know God, it's to glorify God. In that music, you will be built a child of God. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you for your daughter that continues 
ministering to you. Every day she ministers to you, Lord. But Lord, give her some time. Give her some time to grow some more. Let her be taught more, Lord, about how you work in her life. In Jesus' name, bless her husband and her child for such a grateful, such a beautiful child, Lord. And let her family know, Father, that you are real in her life. It's not just, a, just it's, not a, it's not a game because there might, in your family, to think it's a game, something that you're gonna get over. Oh, you'll never get over loving God, adoring God, giving God the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Thank you for her, Father, how, how hard she works, Father. But more than that, you love her dearly. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, give her the word. Give her the word, Father, that she needs to pray for women. She needs to pray for the women. She needs to be free, Lord. Be free in the open that the Holy Spirit will use her in a special way. In a special way. Ishanda, fill her, fill her right now, Lord. Fill her right now. In Jesus' name. For there is more, my daughter, there is more than I have for you. For you walketh. Do not walk by fear. Do not walk without assurance, for he is the God of assurance. He is the God of not more, not just faith, but he's the God that moves the mountains. He's the God that changes and moves the sea. For he, what he, for it shall come to pass, Lord, the words that you have for her. There will be words of wisdom and knowledge, for the gift of wisdom is given unto you. For the gift of knowledge is given unto you. For it is God speaks to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, Let her speak tongues, Lord. Let her speak tongues. Let her speak. Speak, my daughter. Speak, my daughter. Speak, my daughter. Oh, Loosen. Loosen the Holy Spirit in you. Loosen it now. Loosen it now. You have something special for this. Well, I don't know what it is, but it's special. And we put it in your hands right now. Do not let him fall back. Do not let him go back. Let him go forward. Let him take steps forward. No more going to the side. No more going to the right. For now he'll walk forward, Jesus. For he has no father. He knows. He knows you. In Jesus' name. Loosen right now the Holy Spirit in him and loosen it right now. And thank you, Father, for him. Thank you for Oshalia, Oshalia, Oshiakara by Sodia, Ondodia Shalia, Isandia, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, if there's any healing that needs to be done, is there any healing that needs to be done? What is it? Oh, I have that. Oh, for you, the word says that I will heal you, my daughter. I'll heal you in the morning and I'll heal you at night. I am with you. No matter what, you will be, you'll be walking like you've never walked before in Jesus' name. In 
In Jesus' name. Let her believe. Let her believe. Let her heart believe. Let her mind believe. For your word says to love God, to give all our love to God with our mind and our soul and our spirit. And that's what we ask today for your daughter. In Jesus, let it come out from her mouth. Let it come out. Let it come out. Let her love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Your daughter, she asks, Lord, and you will answer her. She has questions, and you will answer her, Father. In Jesus' name. Let her have joy, Lord. Joy, joy in Jesus' name. Let it come from her heart in Jesus' name. Pastor, Pastor, you pray for me. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Lord, you said the joy of the Lord is our strength. So, Lord, I'm praying for supernatural strength for the glory of God in the name of Jesus. I loose you. I loose you out of this realm and into the realm of the Holy Ghost. Caught up in the realm of the Spirit now. How out of this world and into His for the glory of God. I loose you today. I loose you today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Also the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. Give them that joy, fulfill it, oh Father God, in the name of Father. I love you, my son. Do you love me? God says, Do you love me? Oh Jesus. Do you know him as your personal savior? In your heart? Okay. I am in you. Greater is in you that's in the world. No more world. All me, God says. Put me first in everything. And I will show you that I am your God. That I am the one that will supply your needs. I am the one that will open the doors. I will be the one that will speak for you when you can't speak. In Jesus' name. Be filled with the joy of the Lord. Be filled with his strength. And believe that I am that I am. Believe me. For I am with you. And greater is in you that's in the world. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for blessing him. Thank you for filling him. Thank you for your presence, Jesus. Oh, Rabbi, and you will speak tongues. You also will speak tongues. You will... Thank you. 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 Thank you.
told any healing that needs to be done. It's done now in Jesus' name. For she believes it, Lord, that you have healed her. And you will continue to heal her by the word of God, by the spirit of God, by the glory of God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, he loves you, Lord. He speaks your word. He loves your word. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let it be you in him, Lord, not the world. Let it be you in his mind, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. For he is your son too, Lord, and we claim it. We, he's been through a lot, Lord. He's been through a lot. I, there's been a lot of things in your life, but the most beautiful thing is that you have surrendered to the Lord. And we, and we pray that as you surrender, he will show you the way. For he is the way, the truth, and life. And he knows you. He knows you and he loves you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I do? Oh. I thought I went that way. Oh, okay. Thank you. I remember you. Thank you, Jesus. And that smile, Lord. Oh, joy of the Lord. Thank you. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. For I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. If there's any healing to be done, is there any healing to be done? How about the heart? Has the heart been hurt? Oh, oh well, no more, no more. He's he's healing that heart. He's healing that Jesus. For I put the Lord says I put my healing of a broken heart, and it is healed now. For I have come to heal the brokenhearted, and you believe it, and it's done in the name of Jesus. Now have joy and speak my word. Sharama kere de masoro bosiki arele la la basoro bosiki. Ora mara la basoro bosiki. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Dara mo shendra mo. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, your daughter. Your daughter. Oh, Jesus. 
Yes, Lord. I love you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> This is a oh oh Jesus Jesus oh the Lord is saying I am with you in the nighttime when you have a rough time I am with you in the daytime when you are sometimes questioning but you know what the Lord said your mind is my mind for the mind of Christ will be in you like never before for when you think it would be good thoughts and I tell you right now you can rebuke any thoughts that are not of God you can say this is what you can say in the name of Jesus I rebuke all these awful thoughts all these things that come and I don't even know where they come from but in Jesus name they're gone yes. and I will have thoughts of good I will have thoughts of working for the Lord in Jesus name Amen. and my life is yours Lord I surrender my life to you from the head to the toe, from the fingers to us. In Jesus' name, I pray for his life. I pray for his family. In Jesus' name, oh, me, everything is gone. Every evil thing is gone. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. as his heart and, and his mind become one in you, Lord. Let that healing come, Lord. Every day, let him thank you and say, I am healed by the stripes. I am healed to, for the healing will come. Every day, it's going to get better and better as we do our part. Because when we're diabetic, we have to do our part. I am the same way. I have to take care of myself, and you have to take care of yourself. Listen to the Word of God. Read the Word of God. For when you breathe, you breathe the Word of God. In Jesus' name, healing, healing will come. Healing will come. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm losing him. Oh, you're losing him. Is he okay? No, he just gets his attention. Oh, fast. I did notice that. I did notice that. Jesus, Father, oh, Lord, give her strength, not only spiritually, but physically, Father, that she can, oh, you can do wonders for this little boy. For this little boy, Father. In Jesus. I am with you in the valley, and I'm with you in the mountain. In Jesus' name, we pray for the child. Oh, Lord, it's tough. 
healing in the name of Jesus thank you father for healing thank you Lord for wholeness thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord yes in the masa in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus yes Thank you, Father. Anamara to Anamara In Jesus' name. Kele kriyatere besa. Shardiara mankala kiyarabata. Haradruse for the glory of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Overflowing. For the glory of God. El Beredriexe. Kariandri Mashe. I'm going to give you church early. Yes, wonderful. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Come up here, will Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Overhaul, Jesus. Overhaul. Coloso Porodruce. Yes, Lord. Caradruze meche keche bandere bata. Coloso Borodronde maradruce. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we give you glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Telvere directe masi keche in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, God. In the name of Jesus. Serve. 
Celebre, yes, amen, amen. Praise the Lord, Mrs. T. Amen. Yes. Someone give Miss T a cup of tissue. She, listen, she's me. That's me, me, Mrs. T. We're good tea. We sweat a lot. That's Brandon's wife. Brandon, remember the guy you met in the hallway? That's his wife. <laughs> yeah, you really want to know the truth. <laughs> They're talking about you up here, Brandon. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. You know, David and Hilda, I heard the Lord tell me something about y'all. The Lord, the Lord told me y'all have been, y'all have been in a season. It's a long season of transition, both of you. And you you haven't gotten real clear direction. But I hear God saying the turning of the end of this year, you're coming out of, you're coming out of, you're coming out of an entire book. Sometimes I see people's lives as a book. I see the Lord closing the book of the the it's like you're entering into a new phase. God's getting ready to take you into a phase of your life where the Lord says, you're going to have clearer direction. You're going to have, you're going to be more certain about the steps that you take. The Lord says, you're going to settle into who God created you to be. And he says, there's nothing that's going to knock y'all out of it in the name of Jesus. But I hear the Lord saying this. He says, this season's been difficult for y'all. Probably not, not, not just, it's not that y'all have endured necessarily uh, natural hardships, but just internally, there have been a, it's just been a, a like a wrestling match, like a bout. The Lord says, you're, he says, you're not going to be like, uh, you're not going, amen. You're not going to be like old, uh, glory to God, hallelujah. Jacob, who walked with a limp after wrestling with God. Uh, but I hear God saying this, he says, he says, but you will remember this season because God says, it's out of this season, the Lord says, that much of the fruit that you've expected would, would, uh, would be produced out of your life. The Lord says it's in this season. He says that the seeds were planted. The Lord says, and this is the season where you're going to see the fruit. The Lord says, you've been looking for fruit in other seasons. God says, disappointed that you've not seen what you hoped uh, to see. But the Lord says, in this season, you're going to see what you didn't think you would see. God says what you thought you may have missed out on, the Lord says, is going to come and it's going to abound in the both of you in Jesus' name. So I hear God saying you're coming out of this uh, internal uh, wrestling match, this internal struggle, the Lord says, and he says, and you're coming into a place of peace and an understanding and a knowing of the things that God has prepared for your future. I lose that to the both of you in the name of Jesus. And Marissa, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm saying it to you, I got to say it out loud, that, uh, promotion something broke over your life the enemy sought to take you backwards but the lord says this the lord says the lord says you wondered if you wasn't if you wasn't being pushed back if you wasn't being if if it wasn't if you weren't losing ground god says in the natural it might have seemed like it but the lord says i intended for you to break through God says, you're going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. The Lord says, 
uh, the Lord says you won't go through another season like this one where it seemed like the enemy pushed you around and uh, put, sometimes pushed you like it felt like you was pushed into a corner with uh, no, uh, no ability to, uh, uh, to respond, to, to fight back even. It just seemed like it was ineffective. But the Lord says this, I was working all the time. God says, God says, I'm working. The Lord says to promote you. You're going to see one promotion after another in the name of Jesus. One promotion after another. In the spirit, in the spirit and in the natural. I loose it to you in the name of Jesus. And I thank God for it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Well, isn't God good? Amen. Listen, it's been a while since we've been in church this long. We needed this. Woo, hallelujah. I'll warn you next time so we can pack a lunch. <laughs> hallelujah. We know what the, we know. Y'all know this all right. Uh, you can do all things. You can do all things but fail Cause you never lost a battle You never lost a battle I know, I know You never will You can do all things You can do all things but fail Cause you never lost a battle no, you never lost a battle, and I know, I know, you never will. Amen. He'll never lose a battle, and neither will you. Listen, I love you. We'll, back, we'll be back here Wednesday. I'll be back here Wednesday. I'm expecting the Lord to continue to do great things. Um, I'm definitely trying to get all this out. Don't forget, coming in December, the second, I believe it's the second week. Oh, it's Cornonia, so yeah, sorry. I won't be here Wednesday. It's Cornania, amen. So I'll have to hit you up next Sunday or Sunday after. But uh, second, the second Sunday of December, we will meet on Sunday night here. And we will meet Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of that week here at 7 o'clock if you want to be here. I will be talking about spiritual gifts, ministry gifts, how how you can find out your grace and your gift functioning in your grace and your gift how we mobilize you into that gift why we why we believe this here at winners church why we believe in equipping you to do the work of the ministry you functioning in your grace we're going to talk about that for that for that couple of days we're not going to have worship we're just going to get into the word it's going to, we're going to get, i'm going to get you out of here plenty early i'm going to try to get you out of here between 8 and 8 30 but i'm just going to talk about that's what we're going to talk about. So if you're curious about your call, the grace of God in your life, your gift, how to function in that grace, what that looks like, why we believe in talking about this so much, come. And, uh, and I know the Lord, Lord will help you. Oh, 10 o'clock next Sunday is our first service. We start at 10 o'clock. Don't forget, 10 o'clock next Sunday, church starts at 10 a.m. Straight up, promptly, we're going to get in there. Amen.